Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope that the message that you are about to hear not only encourages you, but helps you follow Jesus like never before. If you feel blessed by this teaching, I wanna challenge you to do two things. First of all, share this with someone that you know needs to hear this. And second of all, I want you to consider giving back to the ministry so that other people that just like you could also grow in their relationship with Christ. To do so, simply go to cfmiami.org give, and there you can follow the instructions, all right? Thank you so much. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. Come on, 9 a.m. Our God is for us. Then who can be against us? Amen. Come on. I'm never alone. I'm never abandoned. Amen and amen. Woo. Well, y'all got to keep praying for you, boy. I'm hyped. My name's Al, and uh, I'm the Coral Gables downtown campus pastor now. Bless the lamb. I see my dog, Bill. Come on. Coral Gables on some love bills in the house. And, uh, and also, uh, the teach, um, uh, I have the privilege of being on the teaching team. Well, hey, listen, if you've been tracking along with us, you know we're in a series that we have entitled Chasing the Wind. And uh, we're looking through, really, this is, a, I would call it Solomon's Reflective Journal. And he's really going back and he's reflecting on his life and he's talking about what, where do we find meaning in life, amen? And so we've seen in the past couple of weeks that he's chased all these things that are futile to him. Wealth, work, uh, from even things like uh, pleasure and these different things. And he goes, man, it all seemed to be futile. And then he wraps it up today with this plain and simple, and this is what we're going to be talking about, is chasing the fear of God. Chasing the fear of God. And so we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And our fear today is going to be coming from verses 13 and 14. You can follow along on the screens or pull it up on your, open up your Christ Fellowship app right now. Here we are, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, starting in verse 13. And before I read, the student guy has not died in me. So there is still crowd participation involved in the reading of the word. Amen? All right. So what's underlined, I'll give us a count off and then you got to read it out loud, nice and slow. Amen. So we can all hear everybody online, all of our campuses. Here we go. Uh, Verse 13, the end of the matter, all has been heard. In the Hebrew, it literally looks like last word, all heard. Kind of a rap blessing. And then here's our portion where we're going to be reading together. Nice, big, loud, and slow. Ready? One, two, three. I love that. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. Okay, here's the one with the four syllables in it. Here we go. And one, two, three. Oh, we're doing good here. Try it one more time. For this is the whole duty of man. Verse 14, don't miss this one here. God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil, my Lord and my God. Well, if you're taking notes today, and I hope you are, I simply would love to title this message, Fear and Follow. 
fear and follow. As a matter of fact, across all of our campuses and in the room right now, help me out. Would you say this with me? Say fear. fear. Say it like you mean it. Say fear, fear. and follow. follow. Amen and amen. Well, we're going to need God's help to understand this text. Let's take a moment now and pray. Father, we are so thankful for your word. We're thankful for the clarity in your word, God. And Lord, we're thankful that we can have a relationship with you and understand and know that when we fear you, we are protected from all other fears because we're following you and you have protected us and called us your own. Lord, help us to walk out of this place of fearing people, of people who follow you in all that we do. God, I do ask now that you would, Father, please guide my thoughts, govern my words so that the meditations of my heart are pleasing in your sight. Lord, as a people, we ask now that you would speak to us for your servants are listening. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Well, you may be seated, you may be seated. Well, uh, before, the, uh, before this pandemic hit, or in 2020 when the pandemic hit, um, it was craziness happening on in our world, but then also too, how I many of you would agree, there's been times we've been on social media, or Instagram, whatever it is, reading a news article, and you're reading something and you just say to yourself, what were these people thinking? <laughs> what, what were you doing? <laughs> what, is that? what show is that? I don't know, keep praying for me. But then I, I was thinking about this, though. So there's times when you look at things in the pandemic and you go, what were they thinking? But can I tell you, there was things happening before the pandemic that made us go, what were you thinking? And one of those incidents happened in 2019 uh, at Litchfield, Arizona, about 20 miles outside of the city of Phoenix at the zoo. You can already see where this is headed. This young woman in the article uh, who remains nameless till this day, she was 30 years old, and uh, she's at the zoo with her family, and they're walking through, they're having a good time, and then she makes her way into the Jaguar exhibit. They're all excited, and then she gets to the famous Black Panther. Shout out to Black History Month, Wakanda forever. You gotta keep praying for your boy, you gotta keep praying for your boy. Keep praying for me all online. So she gets to the Black Panther exhibit, and of course, like any good millennial, Gotta take a selfie. So she goes, takes a picture, and she's like, you know what, this isn't close enough, this isn't good enough. And so no longer fearing the ferociousness of this panther and following the guidelines of the zoo, she steps over one barrier, steps over a second barrier, Lord Jesus help us all, and now she's by the cage. And she's close to the cage with this animal and she, this ferocious, fearsome animal that she should be afraid of. And she sticks her hand up to get the selfie. What do you think happens? Wow! Wakanda forever, that panther got her, right? And, and, and uh, one of the witnesses talk about seeing the nails in her skin and he goes, this is disgusting. I took my family and we left. He's like, I could, I could, could stay the side of it. I don't blame him. And so here's this girl now screaming, writhing in agony. Oh my goodness, help me, help me. And then finally she was released. She fell to the ground and man, the wounds and everything she had was bad, but praise God, she was alive. And then they talked to her and at the end of the, and one of the things she said in the article, this is why she remained unnamed. She goes, man, I'm so embarrassed because I 
did not respect the fear, did not have any fear for this animal, and I did not follow the guidelines you put in place because at the end of the day, these are ferocious, fearsome animals. And so they put these up there, yes, so you can see, but it's to protect you. They put these guardrails in there to protect you. And she was like, man, if I had just feared and followed the directions of the zoo, things would have been different for me. And can I tell you, when it comes to following God, when it comes to finding meaning in life, it helps you a whole lot more when you fear God and then follow in his ways. It protects you from so much more, amen? And so that's the big idea that I want to get across to all of us in here today, is that in order to gain meaning in your life, to gain meaning in your life, you must, we must fear God and then follow in his ways, amen? So you can open up your Christ Fellowship app and then write this down as point number one. I'm going real deep, real theological here. Here's point number one. Fear God. (laughs) Fear God. And we're going to explain what this means here in a moment. But before we even get to this, the whole fearing of God, write this down as letter A. Here's what I'm telling you why you should fear him is because your life is a vapor. Your life is a vapor. Young people, Eyes up, look at me, teenagers in your 20s, young adults, young professionals, uh, uh, students, all eyes on me. This portion, this chapter right here in the scripture, he's aimed it at young people. Here's what I mean. Look at verse 1 of chapter 12. Here's the picture that he's drawing, and he says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. And then here's why. Because the evil days come and the years draw near, which you'll say, I have no pleasure in them. He's now drawing the picture of, you won't be young always. There will come a day where you're a little older and it's different. I tell the story about my grandma. She can't stand winters in Michigan no more. It's like my bones ache, baby, you know. And then here's what happens in verse 2. It says, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the cloud returns to rain. Here it is now, verse 3, this picture, this poetic picture he paints of getting older. He goes, in the days when the keepers of the house tremble, talking about the hands there, getting some tremors maybe. He goes, and the strong men are bent. And that's simply the posture. And he says, and the grinders cease because they are so few. You don't need to know Hebrew. You know what that is. I call my girl, hold up, baby, let me put my teeth in, you know. She got a mean whistle without them teeth, you know. That's my dog, though. Grammy, I love you, girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then here, how about this one? It says, the grinders cease because there are few. Listen, it goes, and those who look through the windows are dim, talking about your eyesight. And the door is shut, talking about your ears. And then he says, and when the sound of grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of the bird, and all the, so- and all the daughters of song are brought low. This is the being up in the middle of the night and staying up late. And then maybe you heard a sound and you're not sure. This whole thing with aging. And he goes, they are afraid also of what is high and the terrors on the way. And then he says, the almond tree blossoms. This is the picture. Uh, If you've ever seen an almond tree blossom, it's all white. This is the picture and the beauty of that white hair and the wisdom that comes with the age. Amen. Does that make sense? And so he says, when the almond tree blossoms, and then it says, and the grasshopper drags itself along, which was young and, you know, had all the energy, is now dragging a little bit, you know. For my golfers out there, I'm trash at golf, but I like it. And, uh, and so uh, I remember going golfing one time, I was telling Chippy this story, there, there's this guy, 100 years old, playing golf. 
100 years old. And he was like, oh, man, I used to jump in and out of that cart, you know, and now it's like they drive him right up to the tee box. If he's going to putt, they drive him right up on the greens. If you know anything about golf, you don't drive on the greens. And this guy, he, he like, man, I can't walk that far. That's crazy, right? The grasshopper drags itself along, it says there. And then this one, it says, and desire fails. You don't need to know Hebrew to know what that's saying, you know what I mean? Some of y'all are like, man, I'm in my 80s, I'm going, let's go. You know, keep praying for your boy. <laughs> it says, and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. This is, uh, you know, in, in Israel, they would actually hire professional mourners uh, for uh, those who are going away. And it says, and mourners go about the streets. And then listen to this very final language. Young people, heads up, eyes up, listen to this. And listen to this final language. Before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl broken, or the picture is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities. All is vanities, he says. And literally, that word vanity uh, is the word havel in the Hebrew, and, and it and it, literally, you could translate it in saying vapor. Just as a side note, I think it's interesting. Havel, that word havel, uh, the root of it in the Hebrew, too, it's uh, Abel, like Cain and Abel. And if you know his story in the Bible, it's only a couple verses long. His life was a vapor, a mist. It was quick. And let me tell you, it's the truth for all of us in here. Even if God tarried and let you live to be 105 years old, what's 105 to eternity? Even if God lets you be old man Methuselah himself, 969 years old, and what's 1,000 years compared to eternity, you see? A drop in the bucket. Friends, we have to understand you need to get the fear of God in your life now because our life is a vapor, amen? Amen and amen to that. So you have to understand that, yes, we need to fear God because our life's a vapor. And now we're gonna explain this word fear here. Write this down as letter B, write this down as letter B, uh, is that we need to respect God. We need to respect God. Going back to our verse here, verse 13, it says, the end of the matter, all has been heard, fear God. There's a lot of controversy, not a, but there's a good amount of controversy over this word here, fear, because it's the word yir in the Hebrew. And depending on the vowels and all this stuff that they add to it, it could have a little different connotation, a little different meaning. And so when you look at it, you got to interpret, okay, is this, you know, a, a, an awe, a respect, an acknowledgement, right? And so here's what I want to show us really quickly. Uh, these aren't going to come up on the screens. Look them up in your Bibles. This is found in Exodus, actually, Exodus chapter 1. And uh, this is talking about uh, the midwives with Pharaoh. Exodus chapter 1, verse 17. It says, But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the uh, male children live. Jump down to verse 21. And because the midwives feared Yir, they feared God, he gave them families. And you got to remember, the 10 plagues have not happened, and they are ruling over Israel at this time. So they're not afraid of Israel's God. Do you see what I'm saying? But these midwives are like, oh, we, got some, we respect him, though. Now, keep tracking along. I'm helping us out here. I'm building this idea of fear with, with respect. You know what? Actually, let's do this. I'll jump to verse 86, uh, Psalm Psalm chapter 86, Psalm chapter 86, listen to this one. This is verse 11. 
He says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. And then he says, unite my heart to fear your name. And if you look at that in this context, yes, okay, be afraid, but then it's also put some respect on God's name. Does that make sense? This would help so many young people and I feel like just change our society if people just put the respect on God's name that it deserves, amen? Now, with this in mind, it does make me think about, uh, this takes me back thinking about with a little fear and putting some respect on a name. It makes me think about my grandmama. You know, uh, this is uh, uh, for all my friends who go golfing. This is the Medea grandma. I say black families, you got a Medea grandma, then you got a war room grandma. My mom's mom is the war room grandma. My dad's mom is the Medea grandma. You know what I'm saying? And so that's my dog. Even when you look, look uh, you can't read her shirt, but it says, ask me if I care. You know, this just lets you know. This lets you know what kind of woman this is, you know. That's my dog, Chicago girl. She's she the real deal. But I'll never forget this one time. I was a little dude, second grade, first grade, second grade. And uh, it was Christmas time. And so we got up, I, you know, we get up there. It's Christmas time. And all of our Christmas presents at Grandma house, they say Grandma and Granddad on there. No Santa Claus, you know. It's, they, they, we bought this, you know. <laughs> and so uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like, yo, yo, what's up, Graham, you know. And she, and she was telling me, she goes, oh, baby. You know, I went, I, I went grocery shop. I went uh, Christmas shop and I got all the stuff and the car was full of stuff honey I mean full of stuff and then she was like uh, she was like and so I'm going to take another load out to the car and then she said I, I put everything in the back seat and then I head to the front seat and a young man walks up on me and she goes and I see a flash and he's got a knife and he says what's in the bag grandma and I was like grandma what you do and she was like Child, I stuck my hand in my purse and pointed it right at him like, you don't want to know. <laughs> she said something else. You got to keep praying for my grandma. <laughs> she was like, you don't want to know. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, grandma, were you about to shoot him? And she goes, no, because I left my gun at home. I went home and rushed and got my gun. I'm like, oh, Lord. But then I got older. I'm a little older, maybe like, whatever, fifth grade or something like this. I'm with my grandma. We're in a store, and she sees this young guy. She goes, hey, baby, how you doing? And give him a hug and everything. And, you know, he, oh, he turns to his boys who's with him, and he goes, hey, hey, dog, this lady right here, she crazy, bro. She crazy. I'm trying to tell you, you know, she crazy. Don't mess with her, dog. Don't mess with her. She crazy. And I was like, oh, that's why I was like, grandma, who is that? And she said, you remember that young man who tried to rob me? That's him. <laughs> it's a goofy story, but don't miss it. They put respect on Shirley Williams' name in Detroit, you see? And that's exactly what it is for you and I with God. That's a little old lady, but everybody respects Shirley, you see? And this is exactly how we need to be when it comes to God. Put respect on his name. Even if you don't follow him, put respect on his name. I'm saying that. Now... I want to build this some more because uh, uh, I ain't going to lie. This second point here is uh, whatever. You're going to make it. You'll be okay. Bless you in Jesus' name. Write this down then as letter C. Yes, respect him, but then fear him. You have to fear him. Here's what's so difficult about this word, yir, in the Hebrew, is because at the root of it, at the end of the day, it means to be afraid. You see? 
And let me tell you, this isn't a brand new concept. We see this in the scriptures all the time. How about in Deuteronomy, I think it is in chapter five, when the people of Israel, they're, they're, they're now getting the 10 commandments and they tell Moses, you go up on that mountain and talk to God or else we'll die. We can't be before him. How about Samson's parents in Judges 13 when God shows up to them and he goes, I'm going to make you a child. He's going to be like this. And, and then he leaves and you know what they do? They turn to each other and they go, we're going to die now because we've seen God. How about Ezekiel chapter 2 when God shows up in that sports car with the wheel within the wheel and the eyes within the eyes and the beings with the wings that touch. And what happened? Ezekiel passed out before him and the spirit of God picked him up. How about in Revelation chapter 1 when John sees the resurrected Lord and you know what happened to him? He says, I fell before for him like a dead man. This is one that you should fear. You see? And let me tell you, this isn't a brand new concept. Fear is a part of God's growth strategy, I would say, for the church. God bless you. I know. Look at this, Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5, think about this, y'all. When you're trying to grow a church, when you're brand new to the city, what do you do when you launch and you're in the city? You go, hey, we love Jesus, we're here to love y'all, and we're here to serve y'all, okay? That's what you want to do to build a church. What does God do? The church is brand new. It's bustling, it's moving at the seams, and there's this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, and they own a field, and they sell this field, and they get some money there. And then you know what they do? They take a portion of that money and bring it to the church and go, hey, here's everything that we made from that field. And don't miss the point of this. God don't care about the money. It's the lie. You see? God don't need your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The whole thing has to deal with the lie. And so they go in there and they lie to God blatantly. Yes, this is what we made. He killed him on the spot. And then his spouse walks in. Is this what you sold the field for? Yep and killed her on the spot. And listen to what happens next. Don't miss the point. God don't care about the money. He cares about that lie. Listen to what happens next. This is in verse 11 of chapter five of Acts. It says, and great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Now continue on in verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles and they were all together at Solomon's portico. It's a beautiful place right on the edge of the Temple Mount. Verse 13. None of the rest dared to join the people, but they held them in high esteem. I'm not joining that group. Your God is kind of gangster, but I respect y'all. I respect y'all. You know what I'm saying? And I love this part. Verse 14, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Because those who were serious about God knew that he was serious about them and he knew that he was serious about his word. You want to serve a God who's serious about this and he has your back, amen? You want to serve a God like this. Now, I'm going to, I hate to drive the nail in further, but I am. One more verse. This is found in Matthew, and I want you to hear this, the fear of God. I'm talking about building the fear of God in your life, and this is from the very mouth of our Jesus and I mean, what he says is gold, right? This is from the very mouth of our Jesus. And he's talking with his disciples. And he goes, I have now, you're now the 12 apostles. And so now everybody's excited. <laughs> I got a good job on the team. I'm on the team, boy. And then you know what happens next? He goes, you will be persecuted for my name's sake. And I'm sure they were like, what, Jesus? Hold up. What? 
He says, you'll be persecuted for my name's sake. People will come after you. There will be people who throw you in lion's dens. And he goes, but listen, don't worry. I'll give you the exact words to say. Don't worry, but you will be persecuted. And then here's the portion I don't want you to miss. This is uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. And here's what it says here. Starting in verse 26, Jesus is speaking. And remember, he goes, you're going to be persecuted. And he goes, so have no fear of them. Don't fear anyone who can uh, harm you. Don't fear anyone who's going to persecute you. Have no fear of them. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetop. Here's the most important piece right here, verse 28, from the mouth of Jesus. And do not fear those who can kill the body and cannot kill the soul. And it's almost like you hear that and you're like, Jesus, slow it down. (laughs) I'm afraid of somebody who could kill my body. And then he says this, rather fear him who can destroy soul and body in hell. Oh, my friends, yes, respect him, but please fear him. He is a mighty God and not to be played with. Amen? It's the truth. It makes me think about, uh, I prayed, I fasted about this. I tried so hard not to do it, but uh, it's going to happen, bro. You know what it is. You know where I'm headed right now. Because a sermon ain't a sermon. Chip, it's not a sermon. Without quoting Charles Spurgeon, y'all got to keep praying for me. <laughs> Look at Chuck in the chair. Uh, that's the man right there. That's the man right there in the chair. <laughs> Spurgeon had this to say when it comes to the fear of God. He said, the fear of God is the death of all other fears. Like a mighty lion, it chases all other fears away before it. And it's the truth. I think it was Oswald Chambers in his book, he had a uh, line in there where he said, uh, he said, the interesting thing about God is, is that when you fear him, you fear nothing else. But when you don't fear him, you fear everything else. So here's what I'm trying to build in your mind. When you fear God, you have nothing else to fear. You're not worried about a doctor's report. You're not worried about what's going on in the future. You're not worried about what's happening at church. You're not worried about what's happening with your children. Can I tell you, because you fear God, it will protect you from all other fears. But you have to, you must, you must start at the fear of God. It's the base. You know that whole verse in Proverbs, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yir, be afraid, is the beginning of wisdom. And you ever think about this? I didn't say this last night, but I was, I, we have some friends in our small group, and uh, everybody's got little kids in there, and they'll talk about like, man, if y'all... <laughs> You know, we've been talking to our kids about Jesus and how he uh, lived a perfect life and died and rose again, right? And, uh, and so now the kids are like, Jesus died, are you going to die? Are we going to die? Am I going to die? You know? And so now everybody's like, are your kids talking about death like this? <laughs> but I think it's all by divine plan, showing young people, you're not going to be here forever. Start and fear him now. While you're a little person, fear him now, Amen. So you have to fear God, but then as I'm headed to the point number two, don't miss the point of this. Don't stop at the fear of God, because let me tell you, James makes it very clear. Demons believe, and they shudder at his name. They're afraid of him, but here's the difference. They don't follow him. 
That's what separates us, believers. Yes, have a healthy fear of God, but then write this down as point number two. You absolutely, you must then follow in his ways. Yes, fear God and then follow in his ways. This is what separates us and this is what makes us followers of Jesus. But can I tell you, the more that you fear God, the more you will be like him. And you'll naturally follow him, amen? But let's help us out with this. You can write this down as uh, letter A. How do you then follow in his ways? Write this down as letter A. You have to know his word. You have to know his word. You have to know the word of God and have a healthy intake of the word of God in your life daily, believers. You guys remember a couple weeks ago, we preached at the beginning of the year and we talked about uh, that Ezra 710 law, how Ezra studied the law, practiced the law, taught the law. And so for us, we need to have this study in our life. And then when we're practicing it, you need to intake the word and you're naturally going to live this out. I think about this one. You can write it down and look it up later. Uh, it's in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 21 and 22. Uh, when Solomon, he's talking to his son and he goes, listen to the words of your mother and I. And really they're teaching them from the Bible, you see. So he's really saying, listen to the word. And then he goes, it will guard you, it will protect you, it will be with you when you wake up in the morning, it will go with you wherever you go. Put the word of God in your life, amen? It will protect you. But then I think about this one. This is John, John chapter 10, and Jesus was speaking, and he's doing the great I am speeches. Uh, he's doing the great I am speeches. And one of the things he says in here, I always think this is so very interesting. Uh, Jesus speaking, and he starts here at verse 27. He goes, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. This is the proof of once saved, always saved. This is where we get this from, one of those verses that we use there. But don't miss the beginning there. He goes, my sheep know my voice. And I think about a lot of time, young people, they're like, well, I mean, yo, I ain't heard him talk in a minute. Is he on TikTok? Is he on YouTube? Like, where I find him at? How do I get him to talk to me? And I want to help you out with this. Here's how you can know God's voice is that when you know the word of God, uh, this is goofy. I do this all the time. Shout out to my physical Bible readers. But if you turn it this way, look at, look at the word. It's God of mouth. Hello. Good morning. Put the scriptures right by your bed. You know, Alexander, time to read. Get the scriptures in your life. How will you hear God's voice? Through his word. This is where he talks to you. So he's not going to tell you where to go to college, but he's going to tell you, be holy wherever you go. You see? He won't tell, he won't tell you, oh, I'm looking for his voice. Am I going to UM or am I going to UF? What am I going? No, 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 bro. Where can you go be holy at? You see? Follow what he says in his word. Take care of the rest. Amen? But you have to know God's word. Have a healthy fear Know his word. You can write this down then as your uh, second point, letter B, letter B. You need to watch your life then. You got to watch your life. Yes, know God's word and then watch your life. Here's where I'm getting this from. We're going to go back really quickly to Ecclesiastes 13. He says, the end of the matter when all has been heard, fear God and to keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. That word keep there literally in the Hebrew can be translated as watch. You see? Watch his commandments, and this is literally watching with the intent to do. This is why they translated it keep. But so he's saying keep a close watch on the word of God and a close watch on your life. And can I tell you, as believers, we help you watch your own life. Here's one of the ways we do this here at Christ Fellowship is in communion. 
Every time we come to the communion table and we read that very famous passage, 1 Corinthians 13, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the drink, he took the bread, right? And, and then here's the next portion that I love. And Paul says, examine yourself. Study yourself. Look at your life. Are you in the same position the last time you took communion? You see? Examine yourself. First Peter says that you should make your calling and election sure. Be sure that you are within the faith. Examine your life. You see? And this is a healthy thing for us to do. We always, we know, once saved, always saved. Yes, Jesus has your back, but then he should affect you. It should change you, amen? That would be like somebody who's like, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, God came to me and he made me an excellent basketball player. And then I go play basketball against him, and I'm trash, by the way and I beat this guy in basketball, am I gonna think that God moved in his life? Am I gonna think that God gave him the gift to play basketball? No, I beat you, right? And this is what happens a lot of times with believers. People go, yeah, I'm Christian, and they're like, who, who, he, who, him? No, no, because you're not watching your life. Makes me think about this story of a young man, uh, a Cuban immigrant, uh, by the name of uh, Rene Lima Marin. This young man uh, came to America as a young guy, and at 18 years old, in, 1989, in 1998, he was in prison to serve a 98-year sentence for armed robbery and kidnapping. My Lord and my God. But in the midst of his sentence, eight years in, uh, he gets the call. Hey, Rene Lima Marin, you're up, son. You are now free to be on probation. You can go. And so he goes out and gets married. He has two children. He's a soccer coach. And then uh, six years later, while he's out, Something, I guess, must have went wrong or something there with the courts. And it's not that simple. I don't understand all that stuff. But they were like, oh, my goodness, we have a prisoner who is out. <laughs> Paperwork got mixed up. And so they grab Rene Lima Marin and take him in and have him stand before the judge. Now, unbeknownst to everyone else, what they did not know was that Rene in prison had given his life to Jesus. And so Rene giving his life to Jesus and following Jesus and following in his ways and fearing God and then marrying his sweetheart before he went into prison, having children with his sweetheart before he went into, went into prison and coaching his children and being, and being involved at church, then stands before the judge. And the judge said, listen, based on your past acts, I, you should be punished. But the way you have been living since you're outside of this, the judge literally called him an asset to society and wiped away that 90-year sentence that he was supposed to serve. But don't miss the point in all of it, family. He was keeping a close toll on his life, you see? He had a fear of God within him, and it changed how he functioned, you see? And I want us to get this in here. Uh, you can write this down then as I'm wrapping up. As letter C, you got to know that God's keeping tabs. He is keeping tabs. Look down at verse 13 again in Ecclesiastes. 
He says, the end of the matter when all has been heard, fear God, keep his commandments, and uh, for this is the whole duty of man. Verse 14, well, for God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And this is for everyone, you see? Whether you know Jesus or do not know Jesus, he will bring everything into judgment. I think it's Matthew chapter 12 as well where Jesus said, every man will have to give an account for every careless word they've spoken, you see? We will. But here's the beauty of the gospel, and here's where I'm turning and making this challenge to all of us in here today, because I want to challenge you to fear God and then begin to follow in his ways. But listen, family, you have to understand, unless you follow him, you got to know he's keeping tabs right now on everything that we do, good and bad. And here's what makes things so very interesting for us. It's tax season. Some of y'all might have did your taxes already. And what do they do? They toll up everything that you've done, and they tell you, here's how much you owe. You're tracking? Here's what you owe me. And can I tell you, it's the same way in heaven. The scriptures say we will stand before Jesus, and he will open up the book of our life and read every single thing that you and I have done. How many of y'all right now thinking about that is like, oh, Lord, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But here's what I love. Here's the beauty in this, because I don't want you to miss this, to think that you could work your way to heaven. Is the scriptures are clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And even in, um, in, uh, uh, Acts, uh, excuse me, in Romans chapter 15, it says that the sting of sin is death. Right? We deserve death. Any sin deserves death. And here's the beauty. When God Almighty stands before us and he reads our life, even if you only had one little red mark of sin and the rest is all black, you did all kind of good things, that one red mark means you must pay. And what's the penalty? Death. But here's the beauty of the gospel. And here's the beauty of fearing God Almighty is that when you stand before the Father and he reads about your life, how do you plan to pay for this sin? When you fear Jesus now in this life and you follow him now in this life, when you stand before the Father, you can simply say, Jesus paid it all. And the Father rips up your debt and he simply says to you, enter into my rest. But it starts with fear. It's the beginning of wisdom, family. You have to first fear God to have that freedom. When you fear God, you fear nothing else. Amen? So fear him, but then follow him. Don't be like the demons. They feared all just the same. You need to fear God, and it has to be both and. Can I tell you a lot of times when people, they fall into sin, you know what it is? Is that maybe they respected God, but they're not afraid of him. That makes sense? I respect you. I'm not afraid of you. What you going to do to me? Everything. <laughs> or maybe there are some people, and this is where they can have a rift in their relationship, is that they're absolutely afraid of him, but they have no respect for him. And let me tell you, you need to have both and, family. You have to have both and. Respect him and fear him. And the more you fear him, the more you will be like him because you'll be a follower of his. And you'll understand that, listen, if God be for me, who could be against me? And this changes our mindset too when it comes to our enemies. 
because the scriptures are clear in Hebrews it says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God that's why he says pray for your enemies because you're a child of the king your hatred will pale in comparison to what your almighty father could do to an enemy you see you should pray for them the more you understand it you'll be afraid for them like, bro, just get saved. Don't just get saved. <laughs> It'll change you up. And so there's some of you in here, and God Almighty right now being patient is holding back his mighty wrath that we will fear. But with the other hand, he's reaching to you and saying, follow me. And so we're going to give you that opportunity in a moment here. Maybe there's some of you in here, and man, God Almighty is holding back the wrath and he's using this young chocolatey fellow to tell you it's time to follow him, amen? Amen and amen. You gotta fear him and then follow him. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we're so thankful for the clarity in your word. I'm thankful for what you've done for us and in our lives. I do ask now that you would be with each and every one of us. Help us to be real followers of you. Now, Lord, for those who are in the room and, man, they know they are messing up and falling off track and they have no fear of you, they have no respect for you, but today you moved within their heart and they want to follow you. God, I just want to ask now that you would hear their words and assure them that they can be safe with you in paradise forever and that they would be bold and make that step and go, yes, I gave my life to Jesus. What do I do? What's the next steps? What do I do? And we as a church family can come alongside and help them. Lord, help us to walk out of this place a fearing people who absolutely follow you. And we promise as a people, we will give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise do your name. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. We'll give a hand to those who maybe made that decision to follow Jesus. And as always, family, big shout out my dog, Pastor Mark. What's up, bro? I know you watching. Yay, yay. Big shout out to Pastor Mark. I love God. And I love you, Christ Fellowship. We'll see you guys soon.